Hi, this is Jay Bear of Convince and Convert Consulting, and welcome to the new Content Experience Show. Content Experience is the new content marketing. It's not only about reaching audiences where they are, but engaging them with personalized, useful content that matters. On the Content Experience Show, we share strategies, tips, and real-world examples of how leaders are taking their content marketing to the next level. Now, here's your hosts, Randy Frisch from Uberflip and Anna Harak from Convince and Convert Consulting. Welcome to the Content Experience Show. I'm Randy Frisch, and I've got Anna Harak with me, and we're going to tell you about a super fun episode that we got to record this past week. Two of our very good friends, Jay Bear and Daniel Lemon, dropped in to talk about a new book that I'm I'm selfishly excited about, Anna, because it's pink on the cover as we hit on, and that's that's thanks to my brand color, which is a case study in this cool book. Right. It's not just pink. It's literally Uber flip pink and it has alpacas on it. So it's amazing. They, they just got us to talk about this without any, any real story behind it. And that I guess is a talk trigger, which is what this book is called. Yeah. For those of you out there who aren't maybe necessarily familiar with talk triggers yet, it is a fantastic strategic way to develop word of mouth stories that will get your customers talking about your business for you. And the stats around word of mouth are unbelievable. As Jade walked us through, almost absolutely no one has a strategy for word of mouth today, which is absolutely criminal. Yet 83% of Americans have recommended a product or service to someone else. So people are basically talking about your brand, whether you know it or not. And Talk Triggers is really going to help you help them tell the right stories. Hey, what I love about not just the book, but but this episode that we got to, to walk through today is I think a lot of us sit around in our teams and as Jay said, we, we make the biggest mistake. We try and just brainstorm that next big idea. But the real key comes down to having a process because word of mouth doesn't just happen or if it does, it's very rare. So how do we make this more repeatable? And, and there's a six-step process that Daniel really walks us through to help us understand like what can we do in our companies to achieve the type of word of mouth that we see with companies like Doubletree. And, and I personally love the Doubletree example. We, we didn't even dig too deep into we it. We didn't. It's a great one. It is. I, I actually stayed at a Doubletree hotel, uh, I think it was only about a year ago. It was one of my kids' hockey tournaments. And their, their thing there is that they give you warm chocolate chip cookies mm-hmm. when you arrive. Mm-hmm. And let me tell you what happened, though. We, we were there with like 20... 10-year-old boys playing hockey who just <laughs> continued to go down to the front desk to get more warm chocolate chip cookies. Nice. And the, the beauty is the hotel knows that that's what they're there for, right? And oh, they yeah. embrace it. I mean, our kids each probably had six cookies, but what was the cost of that versus my son's brand loyalty now to Doubletree Hotels? It's, it's amazing. Right. Anytime you go on vacation, he's probably going to say like, dad, can we stay at the place with the chocolate chip cookies? We were, we were in New York, which I, I hit on and we didn't stay at the Doubletree. We were passing. He goes, dad, we could have stayed at a Doubletree. <laughs> nice. See, word of mouth talk triggers. It really works. And you know what always happens too with those cookies is I check in and I'm like, you know what? I'm just, I'm going to not eat this. I'm going to go ahead and be good. And then I'm sitting there in my room and I'm like, oh my God, that chocolate chip cookie looks so freaking good. Exactly. And it's every time. It gets me every time. And you have to eat it while it's warm, right? You yeah. wait. So it's it's like they get you to to consume it pretty quickly and and be happy. Anyways, let's, let's roll right into this. You got to intro the guys. So we'll, we'll hit it with you, Anna. Here we go. This past week's episode. 
Jay and Daniel, thank you so much for being here today. It is so fantastic to talk to you. We are psyched to be here. Anna, Randy, all our friends out there in Connex land. Thanks for having us on the show. And Daniel, welcome as well. Thank you so much. I am. Uh, I think it's my first time here, um, although I hope it won't be my last. Well, it's your first time here, but you were—you actually both have been on Content Pros before. Yes, that is true. Yes. Uh, Content Pros has a long and illustrious history. <laughs> yes, yes, it does. Um, we like to consider it a, a, a long family tradition. We just kind of got married, renamed ourselves, right. new last name, but we, we still tell the same stories of our childhood. It's good talking to you, Randy. I haven't talked to you since uh, our triumphant Connex event in Toronto uh, last month, so it's nice to hear your voice. Yeah, so I, I think we were supposed to chat and do a different recording, but I think we both basically lost our voices. Yeah, that's it. Which is where I am right now because we're out here talking. We're out here hustling the book, baby. We're hustling the new book. We're talking word of mouth. Yeah. So speaking of, okay, let's talk about the new book, which is Talk Triggers. It's, mm-hmm. It has alpacas on the front, which is amazing. Courtesy of Daniel. Daniel designed the cover. It is hot pink and it does have pictures of an alpaca on the front. So if you're like, hey, I wonder if it's the right book. It is. Um, there are no other business books with alpacas on the cover. True. I mean, it's I also, like, I also like the pink, the pink on the front. Great. And I'm glad you mentioned that, Randy, because the reason that the book is pink and the reason it is a very particular shade of pink, someone call it rubine red, is that it is the exact same color as the Uber Flip corporate color. Why, you might ask? Why, Jay, would you do that? Because there is a tremendous case study in the book Talk Figures about Randy's company, Uber Flip, and their use of word of mouth. This well, podcast that- just got real meta. I know. And, and that itself is you know proof that word of mouth. And, and I remember when Yov and I chose that color, we're like, we need something that people will talk about. You know, orange just wasn't going to do it. CMW owned that. CMI, HubSpot. We were like, yeah, we were like, we need something different. Something that people will walk by a booth at an event and be like, what are those guys up to? There you go. Now it's on a book. That's right. Well, we should probably send you a commission fee for using your pink. I thought that's already in the agreement, but it's okay. We'll figure it out. <laughs> okay, sure enough. So, okay. So we kind of already jumped into a bit of the talk triggers, but Jane, Daniel, would you mind telling us exactly what is a talk trigger and what is the book about? It's both simple and incredibly complicated. It's about word of mouth, but which that doesn't sound interesting because word of mouth has been around for thousands of years since the first caveman sold a rock to another caveman. Everybody thinks word of mouth is important. Let me just tell you how important it is though, Anna between 50 and 91% of every purchase, 50 and 91% of all purchases, I should say, are influenced by word of mouth. So a tremendous amount of all the dollars that you're holding right now have something to do with word of mouth. But here's the part that's a mystery and why this book exists. Nobody has a strategy for it, or very few companies have a strategy for it, right? You've got a marketing strategy, you got a content strategy, you got a digital strategy, a social strategy, a PR strategy, but nobody has a word of mouth strategy. We just take it for granted. We just assume that our customers will talk about us, but will they? And, and if so, what are they saying? And the big mistake that we make is assuming that competency creates conversations, that being a good business is, is enough to get people to tell the story. But all your competitors are also good. So good enough is, is not enough when it comes to word of mouth. What you need is something different. And that difference is your talk trigger. A talk trigger is a strategic operational differentiator that compels word of mouth. Your customers cannot help themselves. They simply must tell somebody about the pink. They must tell somebody about the Uber Flip headband. They must tell somebody about the amazing Connex podcast. 
There you go. I, I love those. And, you know, it's funny, I, I go back to, I, I talked about events and, and that we had talked about when people go to an event. And I always remind my team this, it's even if we execute really well at that event, there are 50, sometimes 75 other vendors that are on a trade floor who are all saying, we are going to knock it out of the park at this event and people will remember us. And I always say, well, like, what's to remember? Like, what's going to be so, what's that thing that you're going to go back and be like, I, I, that was, that was something unique. A squishy stress ball. I mean, that, that seems to be the, the choice most people make. <laughs> I was, I was going to say socks these days, but yes, it's either socks or a squishy stress ball. Socks have the, become a thing. Uh, Interesting things about, about talk triggers, Anna, sorry, is that, is yeah. that the best talk triggers, the ones that create the most conversation are when you take something that is perfunctory and you make it different right? Trade show booth is as perfunctory as it gets. But when you do something different, people notice it. The cover of a business book is as perfunctory as it gets. But when you make it pink and put alpacas on it, it creates conversation. So what's interesting about this whole idea of word of mouth and and doing word of mouth on purpose is that actually when you take the most boring thing in your business and you make it interesting, it actually stands out more because people expect nothing from it. Well, and I just think it's interesting too, you know, going off of what everybody's been talking about here is, you know, um, Jay and Daniel, you know, I know one of the principles of, of talk triggers is basically that same is lame and going back to the squishy ball and, you know, doing the same thing over and over, people are going to talk about you, but maybe not in the ways that you want them to. So giving them something to actually talk about. And Jay, you mentioned, you know, taking the most boring thing and making it you know, talkable, it might not be boring to people. It might actually be a differentiator and, and, you know, it's not a squishy ball. One really good example of this, uh, and it's a funny one because it also happens to have the word Uber in it is Uber conference. Uh, and not for nothing, we actually made a joke about that in the book. The, the case study about Uber flip and Uber conference are in the same chapter. And we thought about calling that like the Uber chapter or Uber Zoll or something very <laughs> meta. But Uber conference, if you have ever been on a, an Uber conference call, you know, they've got that really awesome hold music that keeps you entertained during that moment when you join and the call starts. And it's so good, in fact, when people get on the call, typically at least one person will say, that hold music was amazing. Did you hear that? That was so fun. And, and you go on Twitter, search for the Uber conference, hold music, people talk about it, which is unusual. It's hold music. So <laughs> that's kind of interesting. And it's so, so compelling, in fact, that team at Postmodern Jukebox, you might know them for doing a lot of sort of swing and jazz covers of songs. They remixed that song into a variety of formats, swing and pop and hip hop. It's pretty compelling. So I think we have the link for that on our on our website, talktriggers.com, but you should go check it out. It's really actually good music. And the fun thing about it, it was written by the co-founder of the company. That's so cool. I, I, and I have been on calls and I have said to myself, when the line picks up, why did you pick up? I wasn't done with the song. Like it's, it's that good that it, it, it truly does lock you in. So here's my question though, because we were just talking about, you know, different Uber companies, uh, no relations to taxis, having a talk trigger and ours and that you talk about in the book guys is, is the pink headband. And I'll admit we stumbled into that. Like that yep. was not planned. It, it, it kind of just happened and we embraced it. Whereas I, I would say with Uber Conference, not that I know the full story, it seems like they, they said, okay, this is going to be something unique about us. So I'm, I'm wondering, there's two examples there of a company that stumbled in or a company that planned a talk trigger. And, I, yeah. and it, have you found 
that one works better than the other? Uh, like, is it better to plan for your word of mouth talk trigger or better to kind of see what, what develops for the organization? It's much better to plan because your chances of success are much higher, which is why we have a very specific six-step process that we use in our consulting business at Convince to Convert and that we have in the book so that everybody can put a successful talk trigger into practice. So it's much better to follow uh, our, our recipe. However, as a practical matter, Many of the examples in the book are exactly as you described, Randy. It's like, we just tried a thing and that thing happened to work. Now, could you do that? Yes. But why would you? Like, why would you just kind of randomly fire off bullets into the air, hoping that a bird flies over simultaneously when we've actually given you a a reliable six-step process that we know will work? In fact, Randy and I should say, this is a good time to mention this, that if listeners go to talktriggers.com slash connex, talktriggers.com slash connects, they can download the six-step process for free on how to create and, and develop your own talk trigger. There is, of course, much more detail in the book itself, but we want everybody to actually do this. We desperately want you to use word of mouth on purpose and, and, and well. Uh, we want you to grow your business with these principles. So go to talktriggers.com slash connects uh, and download that. Nice. So maybe you could, to tease that out a little bit more, maybe you could give us a couple of those keys that, that people should focus on uh, that'll walk someone through how they would start to approach this this mindset of having a talk trigger? So, I mean, there are really four kind of mandates for a talk trigger to, to work. The first is it has to be remarkable in the very true sense, the very true, true definition of that word. If it's not a remarkable thing, then people will not talk about it, no matter how grand the gesture is. Uh, and the second is it has to be relevant to the experience. So the reason that that hold music works so well is it's it's mundane. It's a part of the process that every company has to experience, right? Every every user of a conference call has to experience it. But so it's incredibly relevant in that context, in that experience. That's the second. The third is it has to be reasonable. Uber Conference doesn't give you a personal song every time you log in. Just like Doubletree Hotels, one of our other case studies, they give you a cookie when you check into the hotel. They don't give you a baby alpaca waiting in your room upon arrival. It's a reasonable gesture. It's a cookie. It's a a hold music uh, feature. So reasonable is the third. And the fourth one is that it has to be repeatable. If not everyone can have access to that experience, that product, that extra thing, it's going to create dissonance and frustration for people. So if you can't come up with an idea that actually can reach everyone, maybe it's best to keep looking, try to identify some other part of the the experience where you can introduce a talk trigger. Nice. It really doesn't get much clearer than that. But I want to hear more about some of these examples. Daniel, I know you just mentioned a couple, um, but let's go ahead and take a super quick break to hear from our sponsors. And then when we come back, let's talk about some specific talk triggers um, and how some of these may have been developed from actual real life companies. So stick with us and we'll be right back with Jay and Daniel. Today's podcast is brought to you by CoSchedule. I'm a big fan of the team over at CoSchedule because they are making it possible for us as marketers to live with an all-in-one marketing calendar. It combines project management, email marketing, social promotion, all in one place, which we know is so tricky when our team is not aligned. So to get complete visibility over your entire marketing schedule, keep your sanity and get more done, check out CoSchedule. You can go to coschedule.com slash connex to 
get your free marketing strategy template, plus a lowdown on how CoSchedule is helping thousands of marketers like you get their sanity back. That's at coschedule.com slash Connex. Growth in your business is tough. Ads are expensive and let's face it, social media is hard. The best way to grow is to have your customers do it for you via word of mouth. But you have to give people a consistent and memorable story to tell. That story is your talk trigger. And Jay and Daniel's new book shows you exactly how to do it. It's the complete guide to creating customers with word of mouth, and it's available now wherever you get books. It's easy to find because it's the one with the alpacas on the cover, and it is uber flip pink. Visit talktriggers.com slash connex to get it today. All right, we're back here on Connex and we're chatting about Talk Triggers with the authors of Talk Triggers, Jay and Daniel. And guys, I, I've actually been thinking about the two of you a lot lately. Uh, I was in New York oh. a, a few, yeah, I know, I know. I was in New York with my family a few weeks ago and my wife was like, we have to go to this restaurant. It's called the Stardust Singing Experience. It's owned by Ellen. And basically you go there and it's... It, you, the waitresses actually perform Broadway songs during your meal. And nice. as we got there, there's a lineup down the street. And no offense to anyone who works at the restaurant listening to this, the food is shit. Like it is the worst diner food. And diner food is not hard to nail, but you're not there for the food, right? Even my wife is a health match. She was like, this is the best thing ever. And I thought to myself, like, these guys have nailed the talk trigger. They have this experience that is repeatable, that is remarkable, that, you know, they have, you know, a dozen different staff who come through and sing. And I thought like, this is an awesome talk trigger and, and realize that that's really what creates that line down the street. So it's, it's an operational choice, right? I mean, you've got to have, you have to hire people who can also be a server and can sing. Uh, you have to, you know, kind of build that. You have to make sure that when they sing, they can still get your food out on time. There's a lot of operational things there. So what we would say is that that's not marketing, right? It's not a contest, not a coupon, it's not a promotion. It's not a, it's, it's not that, but it's an operational decision that creates marketing advantages. Now, to take it to the next level, what they should be doing, and maybe they are, I don't know, but from a Connex standpoint, what they should be doing is, is creating content that amplifies that talk trigger, right? So they should be creating a songbook on their website of all the lyrics of all the songs they sing. They should have baseball cards of all the different singers and you can collect them and, and make sure you sit in everybody's different section, right? So what you want to do, the next level part of this, right, is once you have a differentiator, is you use content to make sure people never forget it. I was just going to say the next level is good food to accompany it, but well, I agree with you. That's, well, okay. Yeah, maybe good, but, you know, people are going to talk well, more about, about some marketers. Other I'm, not a, I'm not a chef, man. I'm just an author. There's only so many things I can help you with. I'm also going to go ahead and take a wild guess about who's never going to sponsor this show. <laughs> Anna, Anna, Anna went to school in Flagstaff, uh, Arizona, where I used to live. And it's just like Black Bart's, right? There's a restaurant in Flagstaff where we used to live the same writers. idea. A singing waiters at a steakhouse. It's a family-owned business and super successful. I wouldn't say the food is is uh, terrible, but it's not the best steakhouse in town. I think that's safe to say. Uh, but the same idea, right? They've got uh, they've got a horse and they ride it. So I'm I'm curious about the following. Talking about you got your horse, you ride it, you stick with it as long as you can. But I think a lot of us as marketers, we we feel as though ideas have a shelf life and we have to move on from them. And I'm wondering, you know, in what cases you've seen people have to move on from their talk trigger or adapt that talk trigger to more modern days in a way that 
that continues to resonate with their audience. You know, it's an interesting point because I certainly believe that to be true myself. I think the the reality is it's true. Things do have a shelf life. Uh, the Doubletree cookie example we were talking about, that has been around for more than 30 years. They've had that cookie or something like that experience. I think it actually started out as chocolates. Uh, it's turned down service, but they've had that as part of their experience for that long. Uh, and it's a, they have adapted it over time. So now they have a gluten-free cookie. They also have a nut-free cookie in addition to their flagship cookie. So they've kind of followed trends. A company that maybe is worth talking about that didn't do that with a potentially very viable talk trigger is Enterprise. Enterprise car rental, uh, you may be familiar with their 1980s, 1990s slogan, we'll pick you up. If you ever actually tried to get picked up, by the way, it was not necessarily ever the best user experience, but they would technically come pick you up. It was terrible. I've done it. It's terrible. It's pretty bad. But in the, in the, in the context of an era now where we have Uber and Lyft and like cars pretty much are waiting for us anywhere we go, it's kind of less relevant to get picked up. So they haven't really adapted that to, the, to this kind of more modern error to the things that have happened around them. So those externalities to a talk trigger can sometimes give it a shelf life, but there's always ways to adapt it, right? There's a lot of things we could probably brainstorm enterprise could do to bring that concept back. Uh, instead, they've just kind of chosen to shelve it. So in terms of going from, obviously, sometimes these things can backfire. In order to create a truly genuine, successful talk trigger, how do people stay out of the gimmicky territory? And how do they know? Because there's so many times where you could say like, oh, you know, this is something we do. Or maybe let's just enhance a little bit. Or, you know, like mm-hmm. the enterprise rental thing. Like that actually was kind of gimmicky. It didn't actually execute well. It was nice in theory, but horrible to execute. So how do people stay out of the gimmicky territory? I think part of it, Anna, is to, is to follow the the thesis of the book. So the book is organized in a four, five, six fashion. So it's four ingredients of a talk trigger, five different types of talk triggers, and then the six step process. And if you really follow the way the book is set up, it will save you from yourself, um, especially as a marketer, because marketers tend to want to make it really big or, or go viral or do surprise and delight, right? And so it's very common now in marketing to say, well, you know, attention's hard to come by. There's a lot of competition for attention. So what we should do is, uh, is something really big. We're going to have a really big thing. Um, and, and the reality is that often when you go too big, it doesn't really work, right? It creates suspicion, uh, people don't believe it. It does. It's not trustworthy. And so, what you want to try and do is is really remember what we said that a talk trigger is an operational choice that creates marketing advantages. It's not marketing. So when you think about it that way and say, okay, what could we do every single day that we can still, in theory, do ten years from now and people will still talk about? When you start to draw that box around your ideas, it tends to keep it in the in the era of the rational. Uh, and and the realistic and the reasonable, as we would put it in the book. And so one of the things we like about this process is that if you actually follow it through and you test your triggers and all the things we recommend, it, it really will spit out the right answer at the back end. We, we know it to be true. I also and, love- and, the, and really the worst thing, let me just touch on that. The worst thing that can happen, we see it all the time, is people say, oh, great, love the podcast. Um, that sounds like a good idea. We should have a word of mouth generator in our company. Let's all get together in a conference room and brainstorm. That's not the right answer. Because mm-hmm. if it was that easy, you'd already have one, right? And, and so you, the, the most important part in the whole process, and again, go to talktriggers.com slash connex to download it. But the most important part 
is to actually talk to your customers. So how we do this in practice at Convince and Convert is we interview three sets of customers, new customers, longtime customers, and lost customers. And we say, okay, these are the seven touch points we have from you. First call, second call, we give you a proposal, we talk about the proposal, then you sign up, then we send you an invoice, whatever, right? And for each of those seven things, we ask the customers, what did you expect would happen at each of those points? Because once you know what customers expect, you know what they don't expect. And that delta, the difference between what they expect and what they don't expect, that's where your talk trigger lives. So for example, if you're in a B2B circumstance, as Randy is, as we are at Convince and Convert, and typically you just send somebody a PDF of the proposal, they might tell you in the interview, well, what I expect is that you'll email me a PDF of your proposal. Well, now you know what they expect. So what if instead you sent a sheet cake and the sheet cake had the cover of the proposal on it and then the proposal itself was printed out and it was in a laminate underneath the cake. So the client has to eat the entire cake to get the proposal. That's a talk trigger. And the only way you get that is not by sitting in a conference room. It's by understanding what customers expect and then doing something they don't expect. I want that sheet cake so bad now. I know. I'm just like, I haven't been, I mean, it, it, it kind of starts to also veer in, in our world of, of B2B as you hit on into this whole ABM, right? And it's, mm-hmm. that'll be, I think, the interesting question because I know, Daniel, you said earlier, it, it's not about personalizing to every person, but I, I wonder how that's going to morph some of these talk triggers that we see, right? This this idea of I go to a hotel and what's that experience look like for me, or I go to a restaurant. If we have all these personalized experiences, literally one-to-one, how are those going to be replicated in a meaningful way? And, and I, I think that's something exciting to look forward to. You know, I, I, and it's true. It's possible that your talk trigger could be that you personalize everything for every person. Um, for operationally, for most businesses, that's not exactly scalable, but it could be in, in some cases for a smaller uh, a smaller boutique consulting firm or accounting firm, something like that. It's possible that that's, that is a talk trigger. So all things can work. Absolutely. All right. So b- before we take a short break and, and just get to know everyone on this podcast a little bit more as we'd like to do at the end, maybe we can make sure that people know where to go get all the assets tied to this book, including the book itself. Jay, can you help us with that? You can get the book all the places and ways that books can be procured. You can get it online, of course. You can get it in all your offline bookstores uh, as of uh, 1st of October. It's in all the airport bookstores as well. You can get the Kindle version. You can get the audio version, which is read by Daniel and myself. So you, you definitely can't miss it. Again, if you see alpacas, it's uh, it's the right book. If you go to talktriggers.com slash connex, not only can you get the free six-step process guide, but a bunch of other uh, free materials, all kinds of bonus stuff, research, uh, presentations, book clubs, study guides, all this stuff that's not actually in the cover, uh, in between the covers of the real book, all kinds of free stuff for you there at talktriggers.com slash connex. Awesome. All right, guys, let's stick around. And if you have time, we'll get to know the two of you a little bit more behind the scenes right here on the Connex show. All right. Welcome back, everybody. So now that we've gotten to know Jay and Daniel on the professional side and the talk trigger side, let's get to know them a little bit better on the personal side. All right. So Jay and Daniel, you have this amazing 
stat in the book that basically says celebrities have virtually zero influence on purchasing decisions from consumers. Is that correct? It's true. Yeah, it's it's remarkable how much business time, money, effort we put into courting celebrities, but their ability to drive actual purchases is minimal. Except for Oprah. Oprah right. is number one, which far is, and away the most uh, most influential celebrity. Which is crazy. Okay, so if you happen to, let's say Oprah was back on air and doing her favorite thing show, what would you just so hope to win in Oprah's favorite things? Like if she were like, everybody gets a blank, like what would you want that to be? Well, I mean, right now it would obviously be an alpaca. I mean, if it was like everybody wins an actual alpaca, I'd be like, hell yeah, I want a lead and a bale of hay and all is right with the world. So yes, clearly an alpaca, obviously. And we know, we know some people who could make that happen, actually. We've spent, <laughs> Jay and myself, some, we've spent some time with alpacas. It really um, rolls off the tongue. You get an alpaca. You get, you alpaca. get, alpaca. You get alpaca. I don't know yes. how many times you could say that. It's a, it becomes a bit of a tongue twister. It was exactly we've, the one yeah, I was going to say. Daniel said, we, we've, yeah, we've, shot, we've shot some videos with alpacas for book promotions, and uh, it's not, <laughs> all, not all it's cracked up to be. All right. You're not getting out of this question easily, though. You can't both say the alpaca. So one of you can... Okay. okay Daniel Dan, can, Dan can answer something different. Um, I, I mean, I'm, I'm a travel, travel, like ferocious traveler. So it would be something travel related, like lifetime first class tickets on Singapore airlines. I would take that. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. The sky couch. We actually have a case study. We have a case study in the book in the talkably useful section about air New Zealand and their sky couch, which is a seating arrangement you can get on the plane that turns into like a futon. So you can like hang out with the kids or play cards or cuddle or snuggle or whatever. So yeah, lifetime sky couch would be all right too. That's, I like that. I'm gonna these are exciting things. This was a great question. And I, we're going to have to use this one again. I mean, I don't know. I was just going to ask them something boring about podcasting, but this All is... Right, uh, go for it. I know something is, about podcasting. Oh, yeah? All right. We'll, we'll, we'll finish on this one then. So we know we know both of you are, are on podcasts. Jay, you've, you've got Social Pros, which is a huge success. What if you were not doing this for work purposes, though, if you had a podcast tied to a personal interest, mm. I feel like I know your answer, but what would that personal interest that you would dig into and have guests who were expert on that area for your own personal selfishness, what would that look like? I love this question so much. Uh, so I would, I, I would go with two. I would definitely do a tequila review show. That was my guess. Okay. okay. But I actually have really thought through doing a show with my very good friend, Mike Korak, who is the general manager of the DAC group, digital uh, agency. Uh, And he and I are best friends and we just kind of hang out. And so we've really like concepted this whole show, which is basically uh, Jay and Mike just talk shit. We just have no agenda. We just turn on the microphones and, and ramble, which sounds like some of the comedy podcasts out there. So that would be one. But my real answer is that Anne Handley and I have talked about doing a show together for a long time, uh, a Facebook Live show uh, called The Annie Pack. And the way it works is we just ask marketing questions and trivia. And if you get the question right, we send you a fanny pack filled with random stuff. That's amazing. Sounds yeah, like the, the mystery box that, that we saw. Two yes, days yes, the mystery box, the mystery fanny pack. So exactly. that may actually happen next year. I might get, after the book's <laughs> done, I may actually end up doing that show with Dan. So, so we'll let you know. Nice. All right. Over to you, Daniel. If, if you were to do a podcast about a personal area of interest, what would the topic be? 
I'd be torn. Uh, on the one hand, it would maybe be something travel related, and I'd have to think through format on that, but probably something travel related, sort of Anthony Bourdain inspired, but podcasty. Uh, I love food, I love travel, and those fit together quite nicely. But I'm also a, a big fan. If you've ever listened to Here's the Thing with Alec Baldwin, I don't think it, it's on it's on air anymore, but it was a WNYC Studios podcast in New York, NPR uh, Studios podcast. Super fantastic. He talked to nuclear scientists, Jerry Seinfeld, David Letterman, uh, just people from all stripes about their areas of expertise. And the thing about that podcast that was so great was his voice and and the the way he drew out stories from people the the one where he talked to the nuclear nuclear engineer was mind-blowingly good so it might be something like that too all right well there you have it so sky couches and amazing stories about just people in general nuclear physicists or engineers alpacas uh, Alpacas, all the alpacas. All right. Well, Jay and Daniel, we are um, unfortunately at the end of our, our podcast here today, but thank you so much for joining us. It was so fantastic to have you on again and talk about talk triggers. One more time, let's remind everybody where they can get that book. Talktriggers.com slash connects. Fantastic. All right, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, we will talk to you next week. Um, go ahead, do us a favor, leave us a review. Tell us what you like to hear from the show. We love to hear your feedback and comments. Until next week, I'm Anna Harak from Convince and Convert. And this has been Randy Frisch from Uberflip. And we will talk to you soon. This is Jay Bear, And thanks for listening to the Content Experience Show. Please leave a review and subscribe on iTunes or on your favorite podcast listening app. Go to contentexperienceshow.com for a complete show archive and greatest hits. That's contentexperienceshow.com. The Content Experience Show is sponsored by Convince and Convert Consulting and by Uberflip. It's produced by my team and I at Convince and Convert. If you're interested in being a guest or a sponsor on the show, just go to convinceandconvert.com.